Hi everyone, I'm John Gleason and I am UDOT's Public Information Officer and this is Beyond the Barrels. Well, welcome back everybody. I, um, after hearing that intro, I, I may be a little, uh, I feel sheepish here hosting this podcast with my nasally voice when the man next to me has this beautiful baritone camera we're gonna call this the half hour of raspy voices raspy voices (laughs) next to me is uh udot's pio our very own public information officer john gleason hey john hey thank you both for having me yeah um and always across the table from me is my trusty sidekick i don't know if i should use trusty sidekick I'm not very trusty. You're not trusty at all. I'm going to say this. He doesn't look very trustworthy. (laughs) I'm just going to say the guy across the table from me is none other than Grant Potter. Grant, thank you for being here. Well, with the way I'm dressed today, you could say the homeless man we found in the parking lot. (laughs) So, Grant, thank you for being here. You you make this uh, easy job for me. So, and John, you're a good man. If if anybody knows John Gleason, he is, when we, uh, when things happen, um, he's the guy on the news that gets to tell us about it or tell the public about it. So John and I are, are pretty good friends. We have been for the past four years and uh, I'm excited to have him here. And we're going to talk a little bit about what his job is in just a moment. But before we do that, John, tell us about, let's do this. Um, where were you before? How long have you been here at UDOT? What did you do before you got here? Oh, I've been at UDOT now about six and a half years. Before that, my background is in news, TV news, specifically for the past or for the 14 and a half years. Before that, I was at ABC4 News and held a number of roles. But the last couple of years there, I was the managing editor, which means that I kind of determined the, the story content, what stories we were going to chase. And talk to uh, the reporters and photographers about uh, what their assignments were that day. Um, Very cool. One thing I like about your background, John, speaking of backgrounds. (laughs) No. (laughs) John was a production assistant for the Jerry Springer show. No, if you're going to talk about the Springer show, you got to get it right. I produced this show for two years. The first year I was an associate producer. The next year I actually produced the show. Jerry. Jerry, Jerry. Yeah, so he, so John was uh, a contributor in that part of the U.S. culture that we so love, the Jerry yeah. Springer show. Yeah, my uh, claim to fame on that show was that one of my shows was the first one to beat Oprah head to head in the overnight ratings. So that's awesome. That was great back in the in the nineties. But yeah, very difficult job, uh, volatile one that uh, I don't think you could pay me enough to ever do again. <laughs> well, but I look at how that, and, and all of our experiences lead us to where we are now and, and how good we are at our jobs now. But yeah. I look at getting into some of the things that we get into <laughs> with the media, not even get into, but things that happen, right? Uh, crashes and fatalities and um, emergencies and snowplows and snowstorms and all this kind of stuff. Like there's a lot of emotion that goes behind the that media push yeah, yeah, and you've been through it. And because of the relationships you have with the media, like to me, it seems like watching you go through this, like you're always calm as a cucumber. Like you've been through this kind of stuff before. And to me, that's a cool testament of how well you do your job. 
Oh, I appreciate that. Well, you know, it, it, it helps to understand what they're looking for and to understand that they're really not out to get anyone. I think if you don't have that background in media, there's a little bit of, uh, we, we tend to demonize them sometimes and, and say, oh, they're, they're trying to get me. And that's just not the case. They're just like you and me. They wake up in the morning, get dressed and come to work and try to find a story that's uh, just going to get them through the day and, and um, you know, have a paycheck to uh, bring home to their families. And so if we can do our part to make their jobs a little bit easier and do whatever we can to make ourselves available, then that really, that really says a lot to them. And, and in turn, when the news isn't always as, as great as we would like it to be, they tend to give us the benefit of the doubt, or at the very least, let us, let us, talk about the situation from our perspective. Um, I think in, in, on, on the flip side of that media, they look at, um, sometimes look at state employees. There's a little bit of, uh, of, of, uh, a negative perception there that, that, um, you know, maybe a, they're just out there collecting a paycheck. They're, they're clocking in and, and punching out and, and we've got it easy. And, and, and I think, uh, I think any of us that came from the news perspective may, may have had that, that thought at some point of time, but I, I tell everyone now, I mean, coming over here, I just could not have, uh, it could, could not be more impressed. Uh, the people that we work for, the quality of an organ of organization that we that we work for, it's. Uh, I, I don't think I realized how critical it would be six and a half years ago to to work for an organization that you really believe in, and and everyone here works so hard and and does the right thing, and so that's that's the one thing that I try to express to all of our friends in the uh, in the news business is that this really is. If you're thinking that uh, that that uh, maybe it's you know those negative perceptions. It, it's you couldn't be more wrong. It's uh, it's really a wonderful uh, place to work. It really is, and we've got we've got amazing people that work all throughout the organization. And you know, I always tell the new employees that come in to training. I said this UDOT really is the crown jewel in the in the Utah state government, and that shows with how how much our legislature pushes for us and. And how much our governor and our lieutenant governor respect us. I mean, we really do hire the best people here. And it's, and to me, it's really fun to be part of this organization. Oh, it is. And, and if you look at it, the organization and the fact that we're, we're so out there with the public and with the media, that comes from the top down. I mean, if you had leadership that didn't see the, the benefits of being so transparent, so open and, and uh, communicating our message, then we wouldn't be allowed as a communications group to be out there like we are. Um, the fact that we have leadership that gets it, it's, it's just so critical to our role. Well, and Carlos is—he's pretty media savvy, and I think oh, absolutely, um, especially in the last five, six years. And, and I put a lot of that credit on you, John, and, and you preparing him for what he needs to be as a public um, officer, as as a public person. Well, I, I appreciate that. I, I think that's uh, undeserved. I, I honestly, I learn I learn a lot from him. He, uh, you know, when we when we have tricky situations that come up, he's often the one that says, "Well." how is it? I mean, is this the way it is? Tell it like it is. And, 
and you know there's a lot of people that try to put spins on on uh, news there's a lot of people that try to frame it in a certain way and and you know there is a way to uh, to to go out there you you emphasize the positive but we have a lot of positives to emphasize but Carlos is always one that that just really tells it how it is yeah we we don't spin at all in this department. And I, and well, and I think he's made a point of that. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And, and cause there's lots of times where we go in and say, okay, this happened, this bad thing happened or this, this crappy thing happened. How do you want us to, to talk about it? And he does, he says that he's like, well, what, just tell him what happened. Well, and there are reasons behind everything that we do. Um, they're not always, they're not always going to be the most popular reasons. I mean, if you're talking about a situation where we have to purchase properties, um, you know, in in uh, prior to a construction pro- project, I did a story last night with Channel Two News, and and it's they can be tricky because they're emotional situations or emotional issues where homeowners are faced with the possibility of of uh, relocating. You know, we we're not here to say that hey, this is this is all sunshine and roses. There are there are some some tricky things that we have to do, and that's one of the most difficult. But we work very closely with the homeowners and property owners to walk them through the process so that there aren't any surprises. And we do we really do bend over backwards and do whatever we can to make it a process that runs smoothly and as easily as possible because we understand that there's, um, you know, there, there are some hardships that go along with those type of issues. You, you mentioned something a few minutes ago that I just kind of wanted to come back to is that there's rarely, you know, with the media here in Salt Lake or in Utah, it's rarely gotcha journalism, right? They, it's, it's rare that something comes up that there's been an issue with UDOT or there's been uh, something that's going to be in the news that you don't know about first, John. Um, you've created this relationship or these relationships with our with our local media that when something happens, they come to you first. Um, and, and so they're able to get UDOT's side of the story long before it goes to print or long before it, it, it airs on TV is that it and I hate to use this phrase, it's fair and balanced. I mean, the way that, yeah. that our, our local media treats UDOT. Uh, and that's a big credit to you and you, the relationships. You know, you pick up on the first ring with these journalists. You you answer questions honestly. And and to me, that's just a, what a credit to our organization that, that it's rare that something negative goes out about us because you're able to say, hey, well, here's why we're doing it and, and here's the purpose behind that. Well, Matt, you're being so complimentary. I, I don't well, know what know. to do with this. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, I just I just think that there is there's a reason that we are portrayed the way we are in the media, yeah. and and it's not and okay, it is. We're we're out there doing good things. We're out there making a difference. We're out there doing the best we can, and our and our our men and women are doing the best we can. All I'm saying, John. <laughs> <laughs> yes. All I'm saying closer. is, <laughs> as I lean into the microphone. All I'm saying is that. Um, Part of the reason that we are treated the way we are is because of who our front man is. That's that's no, just I, I really do appreciate it. And I think I think you've got got it right there with uh, the relationships, developing those relationships. And that happened. That started happening before I got here. Well, yeah. Well, um, but but you've also you personally have 20 years in, in the media business. And so these people know know you and know who you are. And, and... Well, I, I think what what I try to establish with reporters is that 
that we're always going to make ourselves available. And it goes back to not every single story is going to be a, a favorable story to you, Dot. But if we provide them stories that make their, their lives and their jobs a little bit easier, then when the news is more challenging, when it's a difficult story to tell or maybe not as favorable for us, they're always going to give us the benefit of the doubt. We had a story, one that comes to mind all the time I, I think about it. It was, um, there was a crash in region one uh, a couple of years back and, and unfortunately it was, it was a, a truck that was carrying cattle and, uh, the truck rolled over and there were dead and dying cattle on the roads and, and on the road up there. And, and we had our maintenance folks that were called to help clean up the situation and, Get the road, get traffic moving again, and so what they did is they brought the the, uh, the heavy equipment and and uh, they they the started backhoes and the front loader. Yeah, exactly, and and they started they started moving the uh, the cows and and they put them into uh, these dump trucks because what else are you going to do? And, well, and they're all over the road. Too. Yeah, I mean this yeah. was not a pretty scene. Well, and these these were the these were the cows that were that were you know, we thought were deceased and, and, uh, you know, unfortunately there were some people up there that were taking video and unfortunately one of, uh, one of the cows, uh, you know, started moving when, when we put it in. And it was a very, very challenging story to, to, uh, talk about. And we, we always look at those type of, of stories from what can we learn from this experience? What can we, what can we do differently next time? And maybe we were in the right, but we have to ask those questions because we're not always right. We're always, but we're always, we're always learning. We're always learning from our past experiences and trying to improve. And out of that situation, we did come up with some, some protocols that, are going to uh, serve serve us, serve everyone better in the future. Um, we've got some stuff written up here on the board. I just want to go through some of this stuff here with you. Well, I can't read, so... Uh... <laughs> Doesn't matter, though. Okay. <laughs> I'll read for you. I'll Perfect. read slowly. I'll help you sound these out. Thank you. Um, one of the things I put up here, and, and, and I talk about this with all of our guests, is... What's your favorite your favorite moment here at UDOT? Six and a half years. What stands out to you? Just, I mean, we can talk. I mean, there, there's been some cool moments that I've been a part of with you, but like professionally, like what what stands out to you as as a moment that's like, okay, this was pretty cool. Or I would have something. to say it's the day that we hired you. Oh, not the well, day we hired me. Well, yeah, well, that's a close. Wait, you guys said favorite moment, oh. right? <laughs> Sorry, I misunderstood. <laughs> No, uh, I mean, as a media, as a media guy, it, it really, when it comes together from, from a media standpoint, if we're doing a really cool project, uh, one that comes to mind, we were moving the aqueduct on uh, 5400 South at Bangor Highway to, to get that ready for a new freeway style interchange. And we had the project team in Region 2 that led us out onto the project. We actually got down into the pipes. And so something like that that's really causing, number one, impact. People care about it because they're going to be driving out there. And we had to close down uh, Bangor Highway at 54th for an entire weekend, I think it was. And, and so there's... There's a, a reason that they care, but also very cool visuals and to get out there and see what's going on a behind the scenes look. There's so many of those type of stories. Another one, Zach Whitney, our social media guy, um, 
he and I last October went down to Region 3, there were flooding concerns. And, and our, uh, our folks at Region 3 jumped in, grabbed, I mean, transported all of this barrier in order to help protect and potentially save some of the homes that were going to be affected in, uh, in Utah County. Um, and, and was, to see that kind of happen is, is really was, incredible. That was after the fire. Yes, yes, were, that's they right. They were worried about the mudslides. And so that yes, means the burn UDOT was there. there closing the roads and doing traffic control for the whole fire. And then afterwards, we came back. We didn't just say, good luck. Yeah. We came back and helped them with the next, you know, the next steps and helping protect those homes again. Well, and that's exactly it, Grant. I mean, any time, and, and that has nothing to do with us as a communications team it's it's us as a as a department coming together for the greater good to help out our our neighbors and our our uh, friends that uh that live in our in our state and and that was a perfect example of us doing something we didn't necessarily have to do but but we did it because it was the right thing to do and so anytime you can shine a spotlight on those type of stories and show the great work that our our women and men are doing here that's that's just a win for everyone well and i want to i want to put a kind of a shout out cuz all of this kind of stuff happens all the time i mean that that was a pretty we had a lot of media presence there but our 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 people get in into these situations all the time where they're just they're doing what needs to happen to to better improve the quality of life for the people in Utah and yes. whether there's a camera there or not i mean i i know we talked about this a couple of weeks ago in our last podcast about traffic incident management sometimes our our guys are first responders right they come up on an accident and they're the first guys there and like this happens more times than i think we realize is that we're here to serve the public and the men and women at UDOT are incredible at doing that. Whether you're in a truck, whether you're behind a plow, um, whether you're, you're processing checks or you're in front of the media. I mean, we all have this role to play and we can't do it without each other. Yeah. And, yep. and so while I appreciate that you, you know, this is a great example for you and there, and there was a great media presence there. Like, I just want everybody to know, like, this happens all the time. It does. It does. I mean, it's, it's pretty rad to be, to, for us to be on this end of it and to see really what's happening across the department. Well, I think we're very fortunate that we get to see a wide range of our employees and get to talk to, to, uh, our folks all the time and, and to a person, the, the amount of pride that is uh, felt working at UDOT. And again, that's what I just didn't understand before I, before I came over here. I was always proud of, of what I did, whether, I mean, see, you're even working at, at the Jerry Springer show or at ABC four news, but I've never felt a sense of pride and belonging like I do here at UDOT and in appreciation as well. And I think that goes to every one of our employees and everyone who works here, the amount of great work that we're doing. And we really do affect and change lives for the better. Yeah, it's pretty cool. It's pretty cool. Um, one thing, John, when you and I were talking before we started recording is that um, when we talk about favorite moments at Utah, I mean, I think there's a lot that we can do professionally. Mm-hmm. Um, you've had a couple just over the past few years, actually, just some highlights personally here at UDOT. Um, what was the one that you think made the biggest impact on you? Oh, boy. I mean, 
it's easy talking about the organization. It's less easy talking about me. About yourself. Yeah. <laughs> but but I, I guess uh, personally, um, looking back, there was a, every year there's a, a PIO conference down in a public information officer conference down in St. George. And so every year, every representative for agencies, departments, um, you know, cities, they all meet down in, in St. George. And we talk about things that we can do better, what we're doing well. And, and there is an award that goes out every year. And uh, a couple of years ago, I, I won a Media Relations Award. And what that is, it's, um, you know, PIO of the year or whatever. And it's, it's voted on by your peers. It's voted on by by the reporters and the folks at the at the news stations and the newspapers and, and so that was an incredible honor just to be just to be seen in that light by your peers i think that's something really special yeah it, it's kind of cool and then when it's not coming from leadership it's not coming from managers it's it's the people that you're working side by side with which is pretty cool so. yeah yeah and 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 it's you know it was it, it was nice personally but it's also you know, I'm I'm the one in front of the camera a lot of times, but there's such a big group that goes into what we do. We have uh, we have our team, we have uh, consultants, project teams, everybody that uh, that really pitches in to to kind of put our message out there, and it's such a group effort and such a, a wonderful community to be a part of. Well, and I, w- one of the things that I appreciate about working with you is that there's a lot of times where you say, hey, I'm going to go in for an interview about this, or this is the issue, and you come into the team, and we have a conversation about what that message needs to look like. So it's not just John Gleason out there pulling the trigger. Like It, it becomes this concerted effort about, okay, how do we phrase this? Um, so again, it, it's, it's 100% honest, but it's also effective. You know, And what we say, it's effective, and it's going to make a difference. And so... Uh, to me, that's kind of a cool process to be part of is is going into what 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 is UDOT's messaging and how do we stay true to our messaging yeah. and and really, you know, keep it above bar and, and, and keep it honest. And, well, and I cool. think that that just speaks to the the quality of, of uh, co-workers that we have, you know, all of us you guys are just brilliant. And so I, uh, I, I'm always looking to bounce ideas off of you and, and see, you know, there's so many times that I think I know what I want to say. And then I'll talk to a few people in our office and, and it, it, it changes. I mean, not, not completely changes, but there are different, uh, there are different ideas that are thrown around. And I think about things in a different way. I think it's important from my perspective, my job to have all of those different perspectives and, and to really put ourselves into, into the, the shoes of the people that we're affecting, whether it's the homeowners, the property owners, um, those stakeholders that are really going to be affected by these projects. And so if you can put yourself in their shoes, you're not always going to want to tell them what they want to hear, but I think it's a, it's good to have that understanding and be able to, to address them and their concerns. So we've sufficiently done our love fest here. <laughs> oh, no. Is this going to turn nasty? <laughs> Not at all. Uh, no, but I, but that's the thing is like we've got cool employees. We've got great employees. Like I think it, it, we're all singularly focused on doing, on doing a good job, and, and that's cool. So, okay, really quickly, uh, you had a busy winter. Um, lots and lots of media coverage this past winter. Why was this, why was this past winter different than years past? 
Well, I mean, in terms of how different it was, I mean, we're, we're back to, to the type of winters that we're used to up here in the northern part of the state. We see storm after storm most winters. Now, in the, in the last few years, we've had some lighter winters, but um, down, I think the difference maker this time was probably down in the central and southern part of the state. That really, that really caused us to have our plows out. In those areas that aren't typically, you don't typically see snow, like St. George and, and uh, you know, southern Utah there. And so if you're looking at reasons, we, we did exceed our, our uh, snow removal budget, but we always work within our budget. We always manage our budget and stay on top of it. And so what that forces us to do now is prioritize the responsibilities that we have for maintenance, uh, springtime maintenance activities. And what we're going to do is put some of those less critical maintenance activities on the back burner until the next fiscal year, uh, July. And we're always going to stay on top of our responsibilities with plowing the road, um, you know, pothole repair, those critical safety stuff, safety, the the, the things that keep us safe. And so things that would go on the back burner, uh, just from what I know, things like litter control, um, replacing, replacing older signs, things like that. Litter control. We'd actually still do it because, uh, because you, you have the manpower, you have the, you have the workers that are available, um, you just you want to cut back on on some Costs. of the things materials things like Got that it. that take that but sweeping um, you know that doesn't necessarily jive with what I was saying but these are some of the things that we are putting on the back burner a little bit sweeping vegetation control which means uh, mowing and trimming trees um, you know those type of things that we can get by without some paving projects. We'll get through the next few months without them, but what we can't do is neglect our roads. We're yeah. always going to be out there on top of on top of uh, maintaining our roads and making sure that they're safe for people to get to where they're going. And and this is, I mean, it's happened a couple times in the past. I mean, it happens every every few years, every so often that we get to this point. Um, and I think we've been fortunate that there's we haven't hit that budget limit. Um, early as early as we have this year and and so again it's april we've had snow the last couple days uh like i said grant was out shoveling this morning and so we (laughs) yeah we're not going to stop plowing and we're not going to stop keeping the roads safe and upkeeping the roads because that's really our number one goal is just to get people from point a to point b exactly um what's coming up we've got a busy construction season coming up what do we need to know what do we need to be aware of yeah a few things we have our our top 10 construction project launch that will be uh, Jason Davis will be joining us out to uh, talk about some of the big projects the big one I think the difference maker the game changer if you will um, Mountain View Corridor we've been working on Mountain View for the last decade plus Um, this this segment from 4100 south to SR201 and then to uh, California is really going to be a game changer because it's going to allow people to get to 201 and really allow them to start moving east to west there from Mountain View. That's a three construction season project. Which, Which puts it done about when? Oh, what are we, 19, 20, 21, end of 21, maybe? So we'll have that. Well, and I've got friends that live in that southwest corner of the valley. And yeah. Man, they're chomping at the bit to get that it's, to get it's, that done. It's one of the biggest projects that I'm always asked about. And when people hear that we're about to do this, that we're about to, to connect the, uh, California to 201, something we've been talking about for the last several years, 
they're really excited about it. Yeah, that's a that really is a game changer. Yeah. Well, and that's the thing. I've got friends that get off on Forty Seventh, then you've got to head east on Forty Seven Hundred South to get to the freeway, and then yeah. Two Fifteen, and so. That'll be pretty cool when it's done. So Mountain View Corridor is big. Um, we've got our top 10 um, projects. We do that every year. Kind of tell us what the top 10, not what the projects are, but really what, why do we, why do we release a, a list of top 10 projects? Well, number one, we want people to know what to expect. I mean, I think if you can take away surprises from, from people and, and keep them informed, that's uh that's accomplishing a pretty big goal there well and this isn't even it's not even top 10 projects as far as impact i, I mean it, it is impact but it's not necessarily the size of the project and i think that um when you guys are deciding what those top 10 projects are i, I think there's a there's a focus on okay what do people need to know but there's also a statewide focus so it would be really easy for us in Salt Lake City or along the Wasatch Front, because this is where most of the people are, to say, hey, here are the top 10 projects and keep nine of the 10 in the Wasatch Front. And you guys don't do that. No, we really try to keep the focus on the state of Utah, which is obviously we serve the entire state. But there are a lot of projects here in the Wasatch Front and, and uh, places where, where people live. But we've got major projects all across the state. Davis County has, has a oh, lot yeah, of big things yeah. happening. Region 1 has a lot of projects. Uh, Region 4, it, really all across the board, we're, um, we're looking at uh, ways to improve our roads and, and ways to uh, alleviate congestion and and uh, improve travel times. And so it's, it is, it's, it's a focus of ours as a communications department to, to spread that word and let people know what they're, what they're going to be seeing here this summer and, and into the fall. And, and so that's really the goal of the, the objective of, of the top 10 list is to let people know. And then we've got some other cool things coming up too. We were on a conference call with uh, Jeff Dupay, our region three communications manager, uh, earlier on this week, and he was telling us about um, these radar detection wildlife signs. Yeah, we were talking about this yesterday. It's incredible, and we we hear more about the wildlife um, vehicle mitigation type things that we do. And there's you know we had the big wildlife bridge in in Parleys, and so we're going to go out there and talk about this. They they can uh, if there's a an animal within fifteen hundred feet the sign will light up and, and tell people in real time, do I need to worry? Yeah, there is there is something near. Yes, Which yes. is pretty cool. Didn't you say you were going to dress up in a deer I'm outfit? I'm going to dress up in a deer outfit and <laughs> see if it triggers. <laughs> well, yeah. and I said, I said, man, things, if, if I knew about these signs when I was a teenage boy, right? <laughs> like, the th- I'd be out there, you know, running around 1,500 feet from that sign just to see if it would go off. But But you actually said it doesn't. I mean, it only works with wildlife, from what we Don't understand. Don't quote me on that, but that's what uh, everybody. That's what John we, Gleason yeah, said, according to a person but, that but, has but no that's, expertise. In <laughs> but that's how we understand it: is that it's it it works when just wildlife and not cars or vehicles. That's that's like what that. we understand because we asked the uh, same question: what's to prevent people from out on a jog it, yeah. or you know walking through there and and you know i guess at the at the very least if, if that happens yeah if somebody's on a jog like yeah maybe you want to know that people somebody's are going to be a little more well. alert but yeah. this yeah this is in uh, eagle mountain on a stretch of road where we've had a lot of these vehicle wildlife strikes and so anything that we can do to improve safety that's what we're all about that's cool um what do you want and and i 
I mean, I, I talk to our new employees all the time and I do a lot of trainings across the department, but what do you want our employees to know about media and kind of what your job is and, and, and how to respond to that kind of stuff? Uh, well, it goes back to maybe what we were talking about earlier on is that they're not the enemy. It's easy to demonize people and to say, uh, you know, they're not like me. They're, uh, they're, they're out to make me look foolish. And that's really, if you're a good reporter, if you're a, a decent journalist, that's never the objective. And, and so if we can do our best to make their jobs easier or to at least provide access and, and um, you know, make ourselves available, it's, it really does go a long way. I mean, how often do you are you nice to people that are that are not nice to you? If you are, you're you're a great person. But it's so much easier to to like somebody who likes you and to be kind to someone who's being kind to you. Treat them as you want to be treated, and that's really the the rule here. The golden rule is is just be be the kind of person to them that you want them to be to you, and and uh, so. As as a uh, if you're out on a project, if you're out um, you know in any other role, um, and and you're approached by by a reporter, which is rare, by the way, it's it, rare. It, 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 it does, does happen, happen. Yeah, yeah, but it's yeah. pretty rare. It happens, and and it's not it's not anything. I used to when I was on the the news desk at Channel Four, there were times that people would call me up and and yell at me, PR people or public information officers, and say, "You're to go through me. You're to tell that reporter that they need to go through me." And and yes, that that is protocol. But there are always there are always exceptions or, or reasons that maybe it's a new reporter or a young reporter that doesn't understand that. There are ways to go about it. You just give them a call and say, "Hey, yeah, just uh, give me a call, and I can I can help arrange anything for you." And and very often we're going to have the project the project manager or or maintenance folks or or whoever it is re- that represents our organization and actually does the real work we're going to have them talk anyway and so there's a good likelihood if a reporter's approaching you about it then uh you know all they need to do is give me a call and I'll probably still have them talk to you yeah well and and it's funny I was in region 4 a couple of weeks ago we do communications training and and trans tech training and um I asked that question. I, there was about 150 maintenance guys in the room, and I said, um, how many of you have been approached by the media? Yeah, John just hit his stand. With Boom. <laughs> <laughs> um, I said, how many of you have been approached by the media? And two guys raised their hand in the whole room. And, and you could tell these were seasoned guys. They'd been here a little bit longer. Did um, you ask them to leave the meeting? I, I should have. <laughs> no, but I said, I said, what was the situation? And he told me the situation. I said, and what was your response? And he said, I gave them Kevin Kitchen's number and told them to call Kevin. <laughs> and I think that's the response. So Kevin Kitchen is our is our um, communications manager down in Region 4. Yep. And um, that's the response that I give to all of our employees. Hey, you don't, you are not being paid to talk to the media. Like, that's not what we're paying you to do. Well, don't tell them that because <laughs> I often ask them to do interviews for me. Uh, yeah. And that's often the response. That's what we pay you for. Um, <laughs> the, but, but, that's, but what I say to them is that we have people that, that do that professionally. And, and it, it may come back to you, just like you said, it may come back and talk to the project manager. But always call John, um, call our media number, um, call your region communications manager. They're, they're the ones that really um, 
can understand what the situation is and, and who needs to address that. So that's the message I just want our employees to know. And, and, and John, is there a number that our employees can call if they, if they are approached by the media, is there a number that, that is the best number for them to call? Yeah, they can just give me a call on my cell, 801-560-7740. John likes texts late at night. Yeah, late at night, <laughs> overnight, anytime. I don't anytime. sleep a lot. Uh, awesome. Hey, you did tell me I could debut my single on this uh, podcast. Yeah, well, right? we're yeah. we're gonna we're gonna link it. So look it looks like we're out of time. <laughs> <laughs> oh, John, you you're a good guy, and and you do a lot for the department, and and we really do appreciate you. I think you're a great spokesperson, and and um and the public appreciates that, and the media appreciates that, and and we do internally here. I hope you know that. So. Absolutely, John. Thank you for being here. You you're a, a joy to talk to. <laughs> oh, the joy is mine. Um, a joy to talk to, and and an important part of what we hear, do here at Utah. And appreciate the time. Well, I appreciate everything uh, that you guys have done again, and and it's just it's an incredible honor to represent the department and and to be the uh, the spokesperson for for so many people that uh, that do such great work. Cool, thank you. All right, guys, episode twenty two, as Grant told me, that's the end of it. Um, and uh, I, I'm I'm going to try and do this without some uh, some some prompting from from Grant. He's but, writing uh, it on the board. I know. <laughs> uh, guys, we, we really appreciate who you are as UDOT employees and um, and just want to remind you to be safe out there. This is, this, these are, this is Carlos's list. Be safe out there. Put your cell phone down. Buckle up. Uh, and just remember, you keep Utah moving. Write faster, Grant.